Good evening. Today is Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. We're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is into action, step five. And our speaker tonight is Linda T. Linda, thank you so much. And the room is yours. Uh, thank you, Carla. Um, I'm Linda T., compulsive overeater from, um, from Loveland, Colorado. And i um, happy to be here tonight. Um, I had hoped to have uh, just a little more time to prep today, but um, the days seem to have other plans. <laughs> so I'm um, kind of talking off the cuff. Um, I think I'd like to start just with my own personal prayer. Uh, God, just please uh, take away my fear and my pride and direct your attention, direct my attention to where, uh, to what you would have me be. And just please um, take over my mouth and help me to say whatever would be helpful to others in this meeting. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I definitely belong here. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I originally came into these rooms in 1983, 84-ish, and, um, and I went in through a back door of another 12-step program, and, uh, and then I ended up uh, later joining, uh, joining um, Overeaters Anonymous. When I first came in, uh, my first husband was an alcoholic, and he went to AA, because uh, he hit a bottom, and I decided to go to Al-Anon, but I went to AA meetings with them, and when I was in those AA meetings, um, um, I, I would speak up, and I would say, oh my gosh, you know, I can so relate to you guys with sugar, like I have the same problem with food, you know, <laughs> with sugar, and eventually, you know, they were very kind, they listened to me, but they said, you know, perhaps you might want to try Overeaters Anonymous, you know? <laughs> so that's how I landed in this program. And I, I worked the program really diligently for 14 years. Um, and then, um, but I still wasn't able to, I was still relapsing at times and having some difficulties. So I left the program for a while and, uh, you know, tried different things, tried my own thing. Um, and ended up at 367 pounds with blood sugar numbers in the 400s. And my doctor said, oh, my goodness, you know, we need to get these diabetic numbers down. And I think you need to have a gastric bypass. So I had a gastric bypass in 2004. And I thought, all right, we've got this thing licked. Everything is going to be peachy keen. I lost 85 pounds. I was so excited. Um, and then, um, but the doctors are like, well, you've only lost 21% of your weight, you know, and, and they kind of burst my bubble a little bit. And after going uh, to their follow-up meetings for a while, I just felt a lot of shame about it. And so I decided to quit going, but I still took all the vitamin supplements, everything. But um, gradually, I'm still a compulsive overeater and the gastric bypass. Well, I lost some weight. I managed to find ways around it. I am addict, addict, addict. It was like 
how can I, you know, eat, but still I have this small pouch. How can I get around this? So I gained everything but 15 pounds back. Um, and so I kept trying different things. I was able to whittle my way down um, by hook and crook. I even, I put myself on my own diets uh, by, um, by uh, one was the coleslaw diet. I thought I'll just eat nothing but coleslaw, <laughs> you know, and, and actually all these attempts, you know, they help short term. And I finally went on this one um, program um, where I logged my food every day and I realized that I was eating probably 3000 calories a day, which was probably why I was, you know, still gaining weight and not losing. Um, so on this new, you know, logging my food plan, um, I found that I lost 25 pounds and I was excited about it, but I just couldn't get past 300 pounds. I couldn't get under 300 pounds. And I found myself still finding ways to binge and things. And a little voice whispered to me to come back to OA. So two years ago on August 1st, um, 2021, um, I re-entered OA and I was scared to come back to OA because when I was in it before in 1983-ish, 1984, whenever it was, um, you know, there were basically two food plans and the food plan I was on was called the gray sheet diet. And it was fairly rigid and I, I did lose weight on it a couple of times, but I just found that I wasn't able to stay on it. And I tried to get back on it even outside of OA after I left and I couldn't even get on back on it, you know, and I thought, well, why should I go back to OA? I'm just going to fail anyway, you know, but I finally came back and um, kind of with my tail between my legs, so to speak. And uh, I had to humble myself and um, I, I uh, started this workshop. It was on the 12 steps. It was the OA 12 step workshop through the green, green book. Um, and then I found a sponsor and um, I started to work the steps again and miracle of miracles, the weight started to come off and I got below 300 pounds. I thought that would never happen because I kept trying on my own and you don't know the extent I went to try on my own and um, just felt like I was a failure. So it was kind of a small miracle, all right, a big miracle that I have lost 95 pounds since I came back. Um, I'm now down around uh, 200, 209 pounds, 208, right around there. Um, and coming from 367 pounds, I'm pretty ecstatic about that weight loss and pretty happy. But it's not just the weight loss, because when I came back to OA, I also had uh, crashed and burned with some relationships. And I thought, you know what, um, even though I knew how to do the 12 steps and I did the 12 step program in my mind, um, I found that I, I really still needed to learn how to have relationships. I needed to learn how to not take things personally because that was one of the biggest things um, that was a problem for me. 
was taking things personally. And then I would, in my magic magnifying mind, I would assume that everything was about me, that if somebody said something, that it was about me, despite the fact I'd learned all these tools and all these tricks, um, I still would take things personally some. So I really worked hard when I came back. Um, I pretty much had a rule that I wasn't going to eat over feelings. And so if I was having feelings about anything, I had to pull out the tools and I had to write about it. I had to talk to people. I had to face that. And I know the focus is, you know, the fifth step for tonight. And uh, the fifth step is really a powerful step. You know, the principle in a way for the fifth step is integrity. Um, and you do have to have integrity in order to work this program. But for me, integrity comes in pieces <laughs> because I find myself, you know, still there are pieces of dishonesty about food. You know, it's like, uh, well, that's really a tablespoon. You know, it's like, mm, OK, <laughs> you know, there's still pieces of me that want to fudge things or want to want to not um, be rigorously honest. And yes, and yet that's really what, it, you know, it, it calls for you know, uh, progress, not perfection. So I had to be as rigorously honest as I could be. And it's, it's evolved over time. Um, but there's something really humbling about admitting to God, admitting to myself, and then especially admitting things to other people. And when I did my first step way back in the dark ages in 1984, 1985, whenever it was, I did it. My first fifth step um, through another program, I was terrified to do it. I just felt terrified. Um, I was positive that um, whoever it was was going to reject me. If anybody really found out who I truly was, they were going to hate me. I just knew it. And I was scared to death. And uh, thank God he gave me a really nice first sponsor who was so sweet. And she would say she just didn't bat an eye when I would tell her stuff. And she'd go, oh, yeah, I did that, too. And you're good. And we're all fine. And and it was such a relief to be able to tell somebody and have them not judge me and to be really kind to me. And I'm really grateful to that first sponsor for doing that. I have done a few steps um, since then, but every time I do it, um, and I found that um, even though there are the maintenance steps, 10, 11, and 12, that doing an official fourth and fifth step are really helpful every now and then. And uh, like I say that uh, two years ago when I came in about six months in is when I found my new sponsor and I started to do the fifth step with her because I was doing the workshop and it actually took us six months to do the fifth step. And I don't necessarily recommend that method to anybody, but um, it was just that she was busy and I had cataract surgery shortly after and I couldn't see, so that was a factor. She was out of town, and she went to Israel for a while. And so it just took a while to share. And I'm one of those 
extremely thorough kind of OCD people. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, how long is this fist step going to take? I mean, you know, she probably didn't say that, but, you know, I kind of imagine that's probably what she was saying. She was like, okay, okay, well, we kind of get the gist of what's going on. Wait, I have to tell you about this one thing. So anyway, um, definitely I've gotten a lot braver now than when I first came in about sharing my fist step. And there's just something so freeing about speaking truth. Because they say we're as sick as our secrets. And, uh, you know, and there were so many things I didn't want to reveal to people. And it, it wasn't even just the deep, dark secrets. It was just, I knew that I wasn't perfect. And I am a recovering perfectionist, you know. I'm very much, you know, like everything has to be just so. Everything has to match, you know, what I wear and everything. And like... Like everything has to be, you know, just whatever. And I've had to learn how to let myself be who I am with these OCD type tendencies, but and be um, have high integrity and high standards. But at the same time, to practice progress, not perfection. And to know that I'm doing the best I can. And it, and I think it's working because up until when I came back these last two years, everybody and their dog would say to me, you are way too hard on yourself. You are so hard on yourself. And I had to learn how to do good self-talk to myself. I had to practice that whenever there was a negative thought in my mind, I had to take, um, I pictured um, I used to play tennis. So I picture backhanding that negative thought back out into the universe. Or if it was really insidious, I would take a little paint. I would imagine a paint scraper and I would scrape it off. And so I had to practice good self-talk and I had to practice being kind to myself. And um, I am so fortunate to have the sponsor I have now. And also to have a higher power that I had to help design. I had to get out of the mean God thing. I had to get out of thinking my God was like my alcoholic parents. I had to get out of the thinking of God to have a God who would love me, who cared about me unconditionally and who wanted to help me. And um, all of that has taken a lot of practice to do that. Um, but I am so grateful. I'm so grateful I found a, a sponsor who knows that rigidity is something that's part of my disease and that she has me hold my abstinence like a loose garment. I still have to avoid the red light foods. You know, there are certain foods, as she puts it, that I cannot eat like a lady. And that's kind of the guideline. If I can't eat them like a lady, then they're on the red light list. And I just don't eat those foods just for the You've got five minutes left. Okay. Thank you so much. So, you know, bottom line, um, admitting to God, uh, admitting to myself is one of the hardest things, you know, um, with defects of character because I can rationalize with the best of them. And it took me a long time in the program. Like I felt like 
you know, they say you go from suicide to homicide, you know, in the beginning. And I did, like, I felt like a worm, you know, I had really low self-esteem that was also covered up by arrogance and grandiosity and imperiousness, you know, those were my two modus operandi. And now I feel like I can be a human being with everybody else. And I don't have to be better than, I don't have to be less than, I can just be kind of who I am. I realize that the seventh step is where the humility really kicks in. But there's something about telling it to another person and being who I am with another person fully and letting myself be known. Um, that is really healing. And that's what I really love about the fifth step. Um, I don't have a lot more to share um, because I'm doing this off the top of my head. So um, I think I'll stop with that. And then I'd love to hear what you all have to say about the fifth step or any other aspects of my story. Thank you. Thank you so much, Linda. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and I'll call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Um, and we will stop the recording at um, a quarter till. So let's start. Meredith, welcome home. Hey, everybody. Meredith B. in Tennessee, um, recovered compulsive overeater for today. Um, Linda, thank you for pinch hitting tonight. I know it was, uh, you threw it together at the last minute and it was really wonderful. I love that you said at the end, um, you're letting yourself be fully known. And, um, I just thought that was beautiful. Um, I'm also finding out who the heck I am. And then I, you know, consequently letting myself be known um, and it is freeing. I think it, it was so scary. I, I haven't done that my whole life. Um, so this was, well, of course it was step five last night. So, I mean, I had, had similar thoughts last night, just about the structure of this program and makes it safe for for me to to say all the things that I was going to take to my grave and um people have proved that proved to me that I'm not horrible and they don't need to like run screaming from me and that um not only not horrible I am lovable and that's really something um I think I was also just going to say um, 
I just, you just kind of ooze humility and it's really beautiful. Um, thank you for sharing tonight. It was wonderful. I'll pass. Thank you, Meredith. Claudine, welcome home. Hi, Claudine B. So glad to be here. Linda, thank you so much for your share. I related to so much of it. And when you were talking about when you came back, um, it just made me think, you know, there's something, whether we can name it or not, there's some kind of hope in us still, even when we're at our complete bottom, there's something in us that wants to have that hope that hopefully leads us back. And it led you back. And, you know, it was the same thing that led me back. I was never going to come back to OA, period. It was just, that just wasn't, it just didn't, I said, it didn't work for me. Um, but there was something in me and it was God that was just nudging. It was undeniable. And, and it, you know, when you start in OA or in a 12 step group of any kind, you're ruined because you realize that that's, what's going to do it, that nothing else is going to do it. You've heard too much. And so, um, I heard that in your story and I also, I so related to the, just the shame of it all. I mean, just overwhelming shame to think if this one person in the whole world hears the worst of my worst, they will, they'll not just not want to be around me. They will just react in horror and run from the room. I mean, it'll be, it'll be horrific. And just to have somebody sit across from you and be like, yeah, or have no reaction at all and just be like, okay, let's keep it moving. You're doing great. You're doing great. It's such a, it's just so, I mean, that's what God does. That's what he does. He's just, he's loving us through it. And so I just love that. And then when you talked about still struggling with some of the honesty, I was sharing with a fellow the other day that, you know, I know I'm in trouble if there's something that I, that I don't want anybody, I don't want you to know that, especially about my food and what I do with my, um, my tablespoon of vinaigrette is I do it until the tablespoon is just like this bulb. And then if it right, and I have to have hands of just, you know, total stillness. And if I jerk, you know, it's ridiculous. Like that one, those few drops are going to change my whole life and make that food what I need it to be. And so we just, that's such addict behavior. And it, to be able to talk to her about that and say, this is what I'm doing, but she, before me, confessed something she was doing. And then it was just like this watershed of release. Like, I don't have to be ashamed. I can tell someone about it. And it's just, it's life-changing. It's life-changing. So thank you for being vulnerable and being honest about your own struggle. It helps me to be honest. And I really, really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, Claudine. Melissa B., welcome home. Oh, I'm sorry. I just muted you. There we go. Thanks for your service, Carla, and for your service, Elizabeth. And I know there's someone closing. I don't know who that is, but thank you as well. Uh, Melissa, a grateful recovering over eater, sugar addict, night, and emotional eater. Thank you so much, Linda. I really appreciated your share. Um, 
I, I agree with a lot of what was shared. Um, I especially uh, appreciated you sharing about your experience with step five, with it taking a while. And I actually, that comes to my question. I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about being abstinent and going through that, uh, that cataract surgery. I'm dealing with health issues right now. And, uh, yeah, just you share your experience in it. Thanks. Sure. Um, well, you know, I think whenever there is some kind of, um, you're not a crisis, well, it could be a crisis, but anything where it's something big, you know, um, that I have to be a little more careful, you know, to stay on my plan, to plan ahead more you know, because um, I was having the surgery um, outside of where I live. I had to go to Denver and I had to stay with my brother who is a little bit, you know, of course I want him to work a 12 step program. I think he needs a 12 step program. I had to put my judgy, I had to leave my judgy pants behind. And I, you know, and so I knew it was going to be kind of difficult. And I, I just brought all my food, I prepped it, I put it in a cooler and I used his fridge and I I had to prepare in advance. And then people talk about bumper guards, you know, like talking to people um, before you go and tell the plan, you know, and then calling people and saying, I'm doing this, you know, I think, I think any of those kind of big events, it's kind of like that. And I do the same thing when I sponsor people, like when they go on a vacation, like I have one sponsee who's on vacation right now. And, and, you know, and, and so it's about trying to find, find the best possible things that you can. But the other thing that helps me if I'm facing something fearful, like a surgery or something like that, because I was scared to have somebody work on my eyes. I'm like, you know, <laughs> don't come near my eyes, <laughs> um, is I say, you know, a lot of people say the serenity prayer, and I do use it a lot, but I also use the fear prayer in the big book, and you maybe heard me use that at the beginning, and I always put pride in there, too, because pride is underneath a lot of my fear, so I just say, God, Please take away my fear and my pride and direct my attention to what you would have me be. Sometimes I say that over and over and over again, along with the serenity prayer, and that helps. Hope that um, helped. Yeah, good luck to you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um, thanks, Melissa and Linda. Uh, Lacey, welcome home. Thank you. I'm Lacey. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, thank you, everyone, for their service. And thank you, Linda. Wow, that was beautiful. I um, You really do just have quite a grounded presence about you, which is so comforting. And I, I really heard you say, um, when I heard you say, you know, when I came back, I just wasn't going to eat over emotions anymore or something like that. That's where I am. It's day three. I haven't quite hit the homicide spot, but I'm, <laughs> I want everyone to F off everyone in my presence and they haven't done one thing. 
mean, nothing. Uh, it's just, and it helps me to hear. I love to hear women talking about taking loving care of themselves because I really, really struggle with that. I have a lot of negative self-talk and um, sometimes I can't even identify what I'm telling myself, but I can, but I know I'm telling myself something negative because of the way that I'm treating myself. And so it's, I think it's just such a part of my disease and I, I so relate uh, to control and perfectionism. And, you know, unfortunately, when I did my first fifth step in recovery, I had an experience where my sponsor was like, Ooh, you know, and it was, I mean, it was many, many years ago, but it was so harmful. However, I now, because I've worked the steps on it, know that that was about her stuff and not about my stuff, you know, and we're all human and she was doing the best she could do. And it just reminds me that, you know, hurt people can hurt people. And I'm a hurt person. And I've certainly hurt people. So I'm so grateful that we are together and that we can share our struggles and our hopes and, and your accomplishment is miraculous it's miraculous, you know, and I get to be a witness uh, and and a friend and a fellow with you. And I'm so grateful for that and for all of you sharing uh, today. So thank you. Thanks so much, Lacey. And Jenna, welcome home. Thank you so much. And thank you for your service. And thank you to our speaker, Linda, for carrying the message. Um, I'm Jana. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. So happy to be here. And um, I just wanted to kind of hone in on some things that stuck out to me on this step. As I was, you know, rereading the section of the big book on the fifth step, it just struck me kind of in a whole new way that you know, we, we can't do this on our own because that's what got us here. That's what created a lot of problems for us. So there's no way that we can see ourselves out of it. And, um, you know, the book even highlights a lot of our common thinking. And I, I know a lot of my thinking, you know, um, uh, many of us thought it necessary to not go much further than the fourth step, right? Putting all that stuff down is stirring up a lot for most of us. Um, but it, it says pretty clearly time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives, trying to avoid this humbling experience. They have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably they got drunk. So we know what happens, right? And um, if you're like me, maybe you've even tried that, right? The easier, softer way. And um, it's, it's that, I mean, it spells it out again on page 73. It says, they only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. We can't tell the truth from the false. And that's why we need someone who's recovered to guide us through because they can see, um, you know, the areas in which we're being selfish, the areas in which, you know, the different ways in which we're, we're focusing on ourselves. And um, we need someone to lovingly point that out. So um, thank you again for, for sharing on this and for our discussion. I'll pass. 
Thanks so much. And now we will turn off the recording so that we can have unrecorded shares.